Welcome to Crime Corner, where we examine all things crime, whether it be on the page, on the screen, on the street, or in the courtroom. I'm Matt Coyle, author of the Rick Cahill Crime Series, and I'll be your host for as long as it takes. Before I get started with uh, my talented guest today, the leader, the genius behind the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, Pam Sack, advised me that I need to self-promote more. So here goes. Blood Truth, Wrong Light, and Lost Tomorrows, the uh, four, five, and six of the Rick Cahill series, are all Amazon Kindle monthly deals for only a buck ninety-nine. So we're done with that. Okay, so the reason you're listening. My guest tonight, Daniel Gerard, is the USA Today and Amazon number one best-selling author of 15 novels, including a Zoom books, book one, the Dr. Schwartzman series, and Chasing Darkness, as well as the Rookie Club series. Her books have won the Bear Award and the RT Reviews Choice Award. And two of her titles have been optioned for movies. How cool. Her brand new thriller, Whiteout, is the first in a new series. Danielle and her husband may not feel split time between San Francisco and Northern Rockies, but we're not going to tell you. Welcome, Danielle Gerard. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the books beyond sale. I'm going to go get all the Rick Cahill books now. I love it. Thanks, <laughs> yes. I love if you can do it for You can do it for about a cup of coffee. So... Um, I just read Whiteout. Good read. Just just came out. I think the first of um, this month. What are we? The seventh? It's only been out seven yep. days, but got a huge number of reviews already on Amazon. Really glowing reviews. So tell us a little bit about Whiteout, which is a great title and a great cover. Thank you. Um, Whiteout is the story of Lily Baker. Um, she's set in a small town of North Dakota. And Lily Baker wakes up uh, after a car accident, sort of on the edge of a overpass, in a dangerous position. The car is going to go over the edge, and she doesn't immediately realize what's happened. And then when she sort of comes to, she doesn't know who she is, or or just nor does she recognize the gentleman who is the driver of the car. She tries to get him out unsuccessfully. When she goes to call um, the police, she find some sort of disturbing things about herself. Some of the things she does sort of instinctively and then also that she's carrying a gun as well as a Bible. And so the book is really about uh, there's, a, there's a woman um, who's been murdered in the small town and found in a dumpster. Lily doesn't know if she's involved with that. So it's kind of a, it was a fun book to write because Lily doesn't know herself any more than the reader does. Um, right. And so the whole book is about what has she done? I mean, there's obviously she's done something bad because, you know, carrying something's gone wrong, but um, what has she done and what happened to this woman and how is it all related uh, as she tries to sort of piece that back together. So it was, it was a fun book to write. You know, it's, I like a book. I I always start with a sort of crazy premise. That's Mm -hmm. my MO for starting a book, a crazy premise. And then, you know, sort of what, um, how does you know how do the characters find their way out of it? And even if my books have been, you know, there is a detective in this book, which I think is um, important for sort of the the straight. I mean, if you have I actually have two unreliable narrators in Whiteout, you know, and so then the detective is the third character who helps us um, to know kind of what is really um, solid and true. Um, and I I found this town because I went out to Williston. I'm I am in Montana now, and most of the time. And I went out to Williston, North Dakota, to sort of see what had happened with the boom and the bust. And such an interesting story. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it would be a, a place to sort of um, feature a book. And you, know, you just learn these, these small towns and um, where you have a huge influx of people. 
for a situation like the, the oil drilling and then a huge outflux when, when there was a bust, it sort of creates a, a shadow effect in the town. And it was fun to explore that in a real town and then to get to make up my own town, uh, which I'd never done before because my other books are set mostly in the San Francisco Bay Area. So that was it was new for me. I enjoyed it. Yeah, why did you choose to uh, make it a fictional town? Well, you know, it's funny because books have been set in my books have been set in San Francisco, a little bit in Charleston, North Carolina. Those are big, or South Carolina, pardon me. Those are big cities. You know, you can yeah. talk about San Francisco and make generalizations that can be true about that city because it has so many different facets. But when you talk about yeah. a town like Williston, you know, it's small. If I was to if I was to make it look like there were, you know, crooked people or, you know, evil politicians or dirty cops or whatever right. it is I was working on, it, it sort of starts to feel a little like you're insulting somebody personal. It starts to feel a little like slander. So right. I decided it would be easier uh, and and just cleaner if I could make up my own town. So there are certainly similarities between Williston and Hagen. Hagen is smaller even than Williston, which is I mean, Wilson's only a few thousand people, but Hagen's under a thousand. So it was more fun to play with a. I mean, here's a woman who doesn't know who she is, but everybody in town knows who she is. So that's you know another sort of right. was a fun, which is so different than than writing you know books in cities, which you know too. I mean, it's a anonymity is a big part of um, of a city, the the plus side and the minus side of it. So that was fun. Exactly. Yeah. This. Um... You gave us the rundown of the first chapter, and uh, yeah, you really just jump right in. <laughs> you jump right into it. I mean, it's a great premise, great hook right away. And uh, you said there were two. There's three narrators, two unreliable ones, and it's not really their fault <laughs> that the narrators are unreliable. Well, maybe one to some degree, but so um, right. Why? Where did the kernel for this idea come from? Ah. <sighs> Where did it come from? I think I just had this idea about this woman waking up in a car with no memory. And, you know, there's so many amnesia stories. I actually, I sure. kind of enjoy, I mean, there are some that are done, you know, well, and some that are not done well, obviously, like any book, like any premise. But I just thought it would was, it was, be really fun if you had a character who really doubted whether or not she was a good person. And that yeah. was, that was fun to do, you know, because there are a lot of things early on, I mean, and actually throughout the book that point to her maybe not being a good person. So you yeah. have that whole, like, God, it's all this bad stuff that's happening to me and my own fault is in my own doing. And, and like you said, the amnesia part of it is not her own doing, but she, she created some of her own um, circumstances. And then there were things for sure beyond her control. And, you know, I like those characters that are a little bit, there's some culpability. I mean, sure. each of us has got things that we're, we're responsible for. Even if really terrible things happen to us, there's oftentimes something that we, some way in which we sort of partake in the, um, in the, the happening of the disaster. And I like that. I like the idea that, um, you know, that she's, the, and nobody's perfect. So to find a character who's got real flaws, but is in a really bad position is sort of fun, right? Like she doesn't right. deserve what's happening to her, even though she's clearly got some issues. So. Yeah, it's, it's that moment. I don't know. It's interesting that when she learns of someone, maybe of her of her past issues or past personality, she's like, "Oh, <laughs> is that me?" Right. Um, right. Yeah, which I, I really liked. And um, 
but why? So you had a successful series, you written um, successful standalones. Why uh, did you choose now to write a new series or to begin a new series? Well, you know, it, it is interesting. I think I actually have an idea for a standalone that's in my head, and I'm trying to figure out sort of exactly where in my in the book order I can do that. There are some books I feel like really don't lend themselves to a series. You're, you know, and yeah. for, in the beginning, I really thought Whiteout was that book. I was like, what can we possibly do in book two once we solve, um, you know, this this is the case of her life, and that's. You know, that's the other thing is you like to make the crimes really personal for the characters because there's so much more conflict right. and angst and character development. It's much more fun when the when the the crime is really personal. Um, so is it? It was fun to sort of then think about. Well, it's not so much whether or not this is Lily Baker's series because you know to some extent the next book also features her and and and, and her past, but really this is more about sort of just a small town so the, the, the sort of kernel of the series isn't a person which is what I've usually done but it's actually this town and it's fun to, I mean, I'm not from a small town I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area it was fun to get to explore small towns because the, the town that I spend most of my time on here in Montana is a small town and there is a, it's a huge difference when you walk down a street and know pretty much everybody, and then you kind of heard everybody's business, and right. it's it is a really different thing. So it's that's been sort of I think it's been growing in my uh, in my head for a while since I've been here 20 years. It's been growing in my head. Wow, small towns are really different. You know, there there's some interesting aspects of them to be explored. Where did you grow up in the Bay Area? Like Oakland Hills. Park. So that okay. it was in sort of a small community, but you know, yeah. a big area. So I got a friend um, lives there. Oh yeah, Be- it's a beautiful area. Although yeah. I mean, it's crazy right now, but I think everything's maybe a little crazy right now. But uh, yeah. so I guess um, it's, it's the more time I spend out here, the more crazy it seems out there when I'm there. <laughs> right. Probably you know my I'm just shifting into a lower gear or something. It's probably less crazy because a lot of people are still inside. So one of the things I like about uh, Whiteout is that there are several there are several little mysteries aside from the through line, the through line plot and the payoff at the end. Um, there's little mini mysteries about not just Lily but other characters, and I think this is great. It always keeps um, readers guessing and, and involved. Um, so do you plot that out ahead of time or does it evolve as you go? Like this character, I have a sketched out idea, but I don't really know the backstory and then it occurs to you or did you figure it all out beforehand? No, I actually, you know, I I don't know about you, Matt, but I am not a good plotter. I'm not as somebody who, I can really write myself into a nasty little corner and then I'm like, uh-oh, um, how do I get out of this? So I think... Right. But what happens, like, I, you may be referring, I think, maybe to Ivor, who is the um, Afghanistan vet, who's the yep. other unreliable um, character narrator because he has actually traumatic brain injury from an um, IED hitting a Humvee he was in. And I think what was interesting about um, writing Ivor and what sort of led to the development of his internal struggle was that, you know, I needed some, I needed Lily to have somebody based in... Hagen, who sort of knew something about who she was, that she felt yeah. who she felt like she could trust. 
Um, and this becomes somebody that she knew when she was much younger, before obviously a series of bad things had happened, but each of them actually. And, uh, and so then the development of that, of something that the sort of worst thing that happened to him, the worst day of his life, came later. But as the stakes were increasing for her, it felt like there was a bigger arc for him to have, too. So I don't know how it, I mean, it, it's for sure not something, I mean, I'd like to say, oh, yeah, you know, I just wrote it in like a couple of days. And, I mean, <laughs> uh, as you know, that's how it works, right? Um, oh, so easy. But it's so easy. Yeah, yeah, so easy. In fact, everybody's doing it, so that's so easy. But I do think I came back and forth about, like, what was, you know, what's, and I feel like each character that you're going to spend time with has to have some sort of, you know, some something happened to them that, that either, you know, they can't just be there to solve, you know, to solve right. the crime or to move the plot along. So it's fun to figure out. But these things, I think, occur to me. They, it's more like your, my subconscious. I don't know about you, but I like to go to bed with, like, a notepad by my bed. And then my husband will complain that he can hear my pencil at night. But I'm just like those are when the ideas happen. Like you work all day, you look at stuff, you think, what is wrong with this? What is not working? And then sort of, uh, for me, it's right before I go to, right before I fall asleep, but I'm like, oh, that's what's not working. And then at some point, some other sort of distracted moment, I'm like, oh, that could work. You know, mm-hmm. so you build from there. Um, that's yeah, how I think we are. Anyway. I think we have um, similar messed up, methods. Um, <laughs> however, I I, uh, I usually don't. It usually doesn't come to me before I go to uh, bed. But but I do believe in the subconscious. I really think that the story's up there yeah. working all the time. And I think that yeah. sometimes you put something into a story, or I do that I don't know, you know, what's what's to become of it. And then eventually I find out, or I take it out. But I also think that if exactly. you aren't, yeah, if you aren't a plotter or an outliner, that when you, I think it's really important to write yourself into corners because I think that's where you really force yourself to think and bring things out. So, um, you know, and, and, and if, yeah. if you can't get out of that corner, it's a first draft thing. You just move on. But, um, yeah, I really believe in the writing into corner thing, even though yeah. it's horrible. I, I mean, I think terrible that is, way to write. I know. I was going to say it's, and I did on this last book, I just finished, um, book two of the, they're calling that the, um, Badlands thriller series, uh, of which wipe out is book one, the second book far gone and I just turned that in, and I got to the in the last fall when I was writing that, uh, I wrote myself fifty five thousand words into a corner, um, nice. and had to lose about thirty five thousand of them. So yeah. I was, when you say it's not fun, you are not kidding. It was um, it was a very painful. I think I had wine and ice cream for lunch. So <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's bad, there's you know there's bad days, but I actually I mean I'm so whiteout was my fourteenth published book I've probably written a few that are buried in the backyard or whatnot and I don't think I've ever been able to really plot a book without before I write it so that's kind of just my my madness the way I go about it and once you know how to do it right it's really hard to change it even if it might in the end make you saner right I don't know I think you have to work whatever works for you and it doesn't you don't know right away what works for you you just start writing but if it's a horrible, if it's a horrible process, just gotta stick with it if it works. I thought you wrote. I, I initially yeah. uh, introduced you with fifteen books, and I counted, um, but I must have double counted Whiteout oh. or something. I thought Whiteout was fifteen. Um, um, you might have one more. You probably saw Too Close to Home, which is actually a short story. It shows up in a lot of places, but that's 
it's not a um, it is not a novel, or else maybe you double count it, or maybe you're counting Far Gone, which is coming out. That's 15. I don't know, Matt, but I, I like that. Thank you very much. I, maybe I'll recount and find him on. I'm actually on 16. That would be. <laughs> then I would really be, a, be worried about myself. Could sadly be. Um, I need a calculator to count to 15 or 14, but looking, <laughs> I was looking at your website. But you actually, you do. Actually, I was right because you just finished your next book. So, um, totally White right. House, White House, I'm sorry. I, I was talking. I interrupted myself. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. See, we're always one ahead. Um, White House has three major, as we, we talked about, character viewpoints. How do you decide when it's time to switch from one to another? Um, I like, I, I think actually I, I tend to try, it doesn't always work this way, but I tend to try to sort of alternate them because I think you just want to put that character in a little bit of, uh, you know, sort of perilous position, physically, mentally, emotionally, and then move on because that's the reader. Yeah. The reader says, Oh, I'm just going to read the next chapter. And then they're, they're, they're left with something. They're like, wait, now I need to figure out what happens in the next, you know, so right. I like to do that. I like to sort of just keep everybody a little bit um, off kilter and make you worry about a character. And sometimes I think, um, and sometimes there's just too much going on. You know, for, for instance, this is really Lily Baker's book, even though Ivor and Kylie are, are there in the background. So there are times when I could, you know, when I was, you're, you spend more time in Lily's point of view, but um also, to just get a different perspective, you know, I, there's, I feel like there's so many wonderful um, writers who do it without multiple point of view. Um, that's you, too, right? You do? Yeah, I write in first person, so we're stuck in this, this yeah. poor guy's head the whole time. I know, but actually, I think that's so, like, I think that's so impressive. I, I was just in my mind thinking, that's what I thought, and I was like, oh, God, am I going to be wrong? But uh, I, I think that's, I think that's hard. I think it's hard not to... Um, and it gives the reader a totally different experience of being right there with, you know, in your case, Rick. And I love those books, but I have not ever figured out how to write uh, a book in a single point of view. I always feel like I, I need to see the same situation from a different um, perspective to keep going. So. Well, you figure it out because you you know, well, yeah, I, I have to figure out how to do it through multiple points of view, or at least from a single third person that'll come. But, um, so we have a lot of writers that listen, writers at various stages of their career listen to the show. Yeah, and yeah. They're always interested in process. And we talked, obviously, I, we already know that you don't outline, really, um, sort of a yeah. pantser like a lot of us. But I always thought it was interesting when I got into um, writing mysteries that for the people I talk to, it's really at least 50-50 that don't outline, which I thought was really interesting for mysteries. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, a lot of us like to live on the edge. But so you don't outline, but has your process changed over the 14, sort of 15 books? I mean, I'm sure it has. Of course it has changed in some ways. I'm trying to think of it, it like in any ways is more, um, is more thoughtful. I am a, I'm a weird pantser because what I'll do is I'll my sort of pants the first 100 pages. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll put it into an Excel spreadsheet. That's from spending 10 years in finance. I feel like I'll never actually get rid of my Excel spreadsheet tendencies. So I, I put it in Excel and I color code the different characters 
so that I can see, like, as you said, sort of when is it time for the next character? I can see if I've written, like, four chapters from one point of view and think, that's too much. I need to break those up, up a bit. Um, or I can see if I've, you know, if the, the you know, for instance, the, the um, detective isn't learning anything useful. So I kind of, I have a color-coded spreadsheet which shows me, you know, whose point of view we're talking about, how long the chapter is, because I also have a thing about, you know, chapters being sort of the same beat. You know, for sure, mm-hmm. some take a little bit longer, some take a little bit, but you don't, I don't like to write a 20-page chapter and then four, three or four-page chapters. You know, I kind of like, a, right. if something's too long, I know I got, I've got to break it up. Um, and then sort of how the stakes increase. And once I have that with 100 pages, mm-hmm. um, and I think I've got that and I'm solid, then, that I get, then I sort of go forward from there. And that usually entails sort of plotting out the next, they're usually about 60, 50, 60 chapters, so that's about 15, and then I can kind of plot the next 15 roughly. That's gotten more organized, probably. I'm not sure it's gotten better, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've gotten, I, I think I have a better sense now of, like, what you don't need at the beginning of the book. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I used to be, like a lot of people, I think, I used to pre sort of give you all this background on all the characters right from the get-go, you know, really... Right. And every and every editor was always like, you just remove all of that. You don't want any of that. And and I think that's a first. That's a that's an early writer issue, which I still sort of struggle with because I'm like, but you need to know why she's at that. You know, why she was in that car, or why she's at that house, or why. And it turns out you do eventually need to know. But to get the reader going, you don't really need to know. You can ask a lot of questions up front as long as you answer them. I struggle um, with that too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe we have to do the pre-writing. Like, I think I need, maybe I need to do that in a different file. <laughs> you know, notes to self kind of stuff. Yeah, um, right. And not be as shy about, so you write it. Like, so I always I always feel like, oh, I don't want to write anything that's not going to end up in the, in the book. And oh. I don't know about you, but at the end of my books, which are, you know, maybe 90,000, 100,000 yeah. words, there's yeah. an out file that's like, 70,000 words. So there's just, yeah. that's just the way it goes. I, right. I, I wish I could, I wish somebody would tell me how to stop doing that. Um, but that is, I think, I think if you, maybe if you were, a, if you were a plotter, yeah. maybe you avoid that more, but then you spend more time sort of in the beginning writing. Exactly. I think you have, it's like you said though, you have to do it the way it works, right? I mean, it's not, it's not. It's not real. It feels a little magical, like the subconscious is working, and I'm a little worried about, you know, if you put it in a different gear or change lanes or directions, you might just lose the magic. Yeah. That seems kind of scary. And you've probably, like me, although you've written twice as many books as I have, as you, um, some point, even though it seems insane, you trust the process. I think. Yeah. Although not like so then I. I don't know about you, but I'm however many books I am, and I'm still like here I am sitting now, thinking, trying to think about what will be the third book in the series, and I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do this again. I think that's it. I wrote all the books I meant to write, and now I just have to go back and and do another job, you know. So I have that too, and I think that's normal too. Absolutely. Um, The sort of total doubt of um, of ability. So I think I don't know any authors who are honest who don't feel all of those things, you know. I'm convinced. You rub your, the you, know, you, you rub, 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, the middle of a book is so the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Hoodwink these people. For, That's a really for dark spot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, it never really goes away. No, yeah, I guess not. Well, that's good to know since you've written twice as many books as I have. I have more agony. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But it, actually, if you figure out it out, Matt, will you let me know? Because I'm not convinced that the number of books is really like, you know, it's really the, the thing that determines it. Maybe you'll figure it out and you can call me and be like, so I figured out the middle. And I'll be like, wow. Blow figure my it mind. out. Write a book and actually make some money writing. Um, I know. Well, that's another buy. thing I think writers need to know. I mean, I think this, this is, you have to, I literally think to be, to do what we do, you have to be, sort of be so stubborn that you refuse to quit when everybody right. says, you know, you should quit and get a, right. a whatever job. Because it, it is, it is a, it can be a really just grueling, tough business. And I feel like you have to, it has to be sort of the only thing you can imagine doing. Um, I agree completely. And I, yeah, because it, is, it doesn't pay nobody. I mean, there are very few people who who get paid really well to do what we do. Very, right. very few. Um, and they're probably spending all their money on therapy. That's the only thing I can imagine. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think we so, just. But you know, if you love it, if you love it, then don't quit because it's right. it is a when you're in the groove, right? How wonderful is it when yeah. things are working? I'll bet that you sitting back and looking at your career now with fourteen books out. That I don't know when did you start writing. So uh, my first book came out when I was twenty nine. So I had a big hiatus because I had I had kids. You know, I've had I've been writing for twenty years, but you know, right. I took about five years hiatus when my kids were little because yeah. I found that it was impossible <laughs> to write at that point. Yeah, can imagine. Uh, my brain, yeah, my brain was was fried. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. What are you going to say about when I look back on my career? I'm not no, sure. No, I'm saying if you if, like, if at that time when you first started writing and you were able with all the ups and downs and the negativity in the business, if you were able to look ahead and go, wow, by this amount I'll have 14 books out, be an Amazon and USA Today number one bestseller. You go like, wow. I mean, it seems like, you know, day to day, we don't feel like <clears throat> maybe we're accomplishing some things or maybe that's just me. But then if you sit back and you look and go, hey, no, that's not bad. Sure. I've, um, it's it's such a good reminder, career. Matt, because I think I'm still, I still have, I'm still in the days where I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. Um, but you're right. I do, I, I should feel, and I do take, I think that's another thing probably to remind us as authors is to celebrate whatever the victories are, whether you finish a chapter or a book or you, you, pub, you know, something's out there in the world. Um, you got to celebrate the victories. And I do feel really good. I, I do feel really lucky to do what I love to do, even though it, real, my children are, I'm always like, do you, do you think that you guys would like to be writers? And they're like, no, that looks like the worst <laughs> job ever. <laughs> oh, and you know, they're not far off, but um, no, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think I imagined, I never really imagined just exactly how much work it would be. To yeah. be a full-time writer. I mean, it's a full... It, I mean, I, do, I know people write... And I wrote my first four books, five books, five books while I was still working in finance and had yeah. babies. Um, right. So I know what that's like, too, and that is its own version um, of hell. So 
um, it's a, it's just a lot of it's it's it, the moments that are that are exciting are are amazing, and it's it is you know such a magical joy to be like to finish a book and be like I wrote this I like you finish reading your own book and you're like this is actually pretty good. <laughs> I'm always like shocked. I'm like oh, I this doesn't suck. <laughs> it's the only so, hope. It's- I feel like yeah. I think yeah. that's magical, for sure. That is magical. Yeah, yeah that feeling where this so thing isn't awesome. as bad as I thought it was going to be is a great day. <laughs> oh, it's a great day, yeah. Or like you said, you know, you were talking about when you sort of, that thing, whatever random thing that ends up in a scene, like a, it's, you thought, you think, why is this guy doing this weird thing? Or why did he yeah. leave that whatever on the ground? Or why is that even in this room? And then all of a sudden, like, Ten chapters later, you're like, oh, that's why he did that. That's why that's in this room. And you're like, so there is a part of it that when those little things happen, I just feel like the world is so, you know, there's so much symbiosis in the world, and I'm like, everything is so great for those few minutes. Right. It's pretty. It's pretty wonderful. Makes me think I should I have uh, done all my other careers, my subconscious, instead of uh, actually doing it. <laughs> my subconscious has much better sure. ideas. I'm not I do. sure. I'm not sure how that works. I know well, there's a lot of jobs I think we can't do. Neither am I. So um, we're almost down to out time, but I did want to ask oh. you. Well, a couple more questions. You know, you've written um, standalone series, new series. Do you uh, have a preference between standalones or series? Is it time to do one or the other? Kind of internal thing that happens, instinctual. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I actually think there's, I think there's such benefits and such obstacles to both. Um, in some ways, like you know, people talk about a series. For one, I think series have a readers love a series. If they love a yep. character, you know, they love to come back. I mean, you know that they love to. They want to. They know Rick. They want to read the next Rick book. They know, you know, Annabelle Schwartzman. They want to read the next Schwartzman book. So there's there's that you have going for you, which you know, in this business. That's a hurdle you don't have to jump, which is amazing. Um, and you know, you know the character. Like you're, like, it is a little bit like getting, you know, sitting down with an old friend. And I love those parts of it. Um, the stakes part of it, I think, is hard. So right, you need. You always feel like it's like we use Lily Baker. She, this book is like she is in a ton of trouble. And you know, you can't do this to one character multiple books, right? You can't torture them outright over and over again it doesn't it's not plausible it's not very nice <laughs> so i feel like the thing that's fun about a standalone book is the ability to recreate a really unique situation a unique character in it you know in it the worst possible predicament of his or her life and so that is um that's really fun too i i don't know if i i think um I think where where if there is an opportunity to do a series, or I can imagine it, my publisher always encourages it because people do like series. Yeah. Um, and then when I have found myself with an idea, which I have now for a book that'll be two books from now, I think that I'll write. Um, mm-hmm. I it absolutely cannot be a series, um, so that will be a standalone. I think um, it'll be really fun to do that. And then I'll, and then it'll probably be, I'll probably be like, why am I doing this? Why didn't I stick with my series where I knew everybody and I knew the town and I knew the, you know, the backstory. So, um, they're both kind of amazing. And I like to read both. I love, 
I love reading a continuing character love series, and I also love a standalone. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it feels less out. Of, it feels less in my. You made it sound like it's in my control, <laughs> and I don't know if I see it quite like that. But that is, you know, in the end, probably if I can do if I can do a series and it and the characters can hold a series, and that is usually the way to go. Um, yeah. Because readers readers really love that. Uh, and they clearly love your book. So the last question, except for uh, what's next. So this is you got stuck in the uh, pandemic book release period. So how is it? It's only been a week. How has it been? How did you plan for it? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I love that I'm doing things like this. I'm getting a chance to talk to you. and um, Pretty exciting. And it's, actually, it is kind of exciting that don't. You should see my life right now. I'm, this is thrilling for me. <laughs> um, but and I, ha- I haven't got to meet you right before the pandemic um, broke out, which also really fortuitous. But um, but actually, um, mostly I haven't done a whole lot. I've been doing a lot of. We did some video stuff um, where I've done some videos um, for my website and for social media, and I've done a few mm-hmm. Zoomy things. Um, but you know, the other thing about it is that I think I try to connect with my readers through social, you know, through Facebook and, and Instagram, and then through my website, they, you know, I get emails, and I, um, I've been offering book, um, distance book clubs, so, like, you can enter on my website to yeah. enter, you, you should actually do this, and you can go to people's, well, you Zoom into their living room, and you send copies of your book, and you do a book club, and that's, that I was doing before this whole pandemic, but it turns out to be a really great way to get to connect with readers, and, you know, give, give away books, which is, Everybody loves a free book. Um, so I haven't, you know, I just, I missed the launch party. Like, usually we would do something really yeah. fun and big uh, in, you know, the town where I am or in the Bay Area to celebrate a new book. And this year there's just no safe way to do that. So, yeah. Hey, your, give your website just, um, just right. Get, yeah. Get what, just say it because it's a great it's, website. Yeah, thank you. It's um, www.daniellegerard.com, and that's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-G-I-R-A-R-D.com. Yeah, we're doing some fun stuff. Yeah, your little videos, your little, like, I call them a vignette, maybe like a minute and a half or something, are really good because you're answering a question. Don't go on too long. They're really well done, and I'm going to steal that idea. I was looking at your website the last few days. Love it. Steal away. Steal yeah, away. It's a great I think it's idea. really fun to get it's fun to get to answer those questions too. Like I wanna see what you how you answer them, Matt. So post them and and send me some links. I want, I mean it's fun to answer those questions because the other thing is you don't think about it very often. So it's right. fun to to kind of think about it. So good. I'm glad you're gonna steal it. I think we have yeah. to steal. Steal I just steal away. I'll just ask myself questions I know the answers to, so it'll be easier. So <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Talk about your other, um, give out your other social media online stuff. Yes. So I'm um, author Danielle Girard on Facebook. I'm Dan- at Danielle Girard Books um, on Instagram. I'm a terrible Twitter. Like you don't even Me want too. to know where Me I am too. on Twitter. I'm not even sure I know. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, those are really the places where I'm the most um, present. And I enjoy that. I let those, those are nice communities. I'm grateful for the people yep. who reach out and tell me um, to, you know, they appreciate a book or whatever. I agree. 
It's great. So you, yeah. give us again what is next, if, and if, if there's a time frame for the next Badland book, when it's going to come out. Yes. Um, so Far Gone, which is Badland Thriller book number two, is out July 7th of 2021. So okay. well, for the best. Yeah, we'll hope that yeah, thank you so much. All, yeah, hope that we're all doing it. My hope next book comes out in December. Oh, oh December. December. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I'll be just in. You know, doing uh, Zoom stuff. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, anyway, thanks for coming on. Really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I was going to mention the last time we saw each other, but I was going to be very crude about the situation. So I don't know you that well. <laughs> we were all we were in bed together. We were in bed <laughs> together while your husband was watching from um, the foot of the bed. So that was weird. Um, plus, we were with another that guy. That is weird. That's right. Tim was there too. We were That's part right. of Bedside Reading, which That's people right. should look at. They should check out Bedside Reading, yeah. um, which is a, a program that puts hotel uh, books in hotel rooms, and that's Very why cool. we were all in bed together. Right. That's where I'm on. Yeah. Really, really cool. Really cool hotel too. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the highlight. Oh, was so say. fun. That was the hi- well, right, that whole well, that whole trip was so far has been the highlight of my year. But thank you again, Matt. Thank you. Danielle, really appreciate it, and everybody go out and buy the book, and check out the, the website, cause it is fantastic. Alright, thanks Danielle. Let's see. I think we'll be on in a couple weeks. Um, it's going to be two or three weeks for everybody. Thanks for listening in. If you're in a book club and would like an author to answer questions and talk about his or her book, I guess it's a me, it's a he because it's me, I'd love to talk to you. You can find my email address on my website, mattcoilbooks.com, or you can check me out on Novel Network. They do a great job with book clubs. So thanks for everybody listening. Here's some music. Music.